Hello, today we welcome back Dr. Bonnie Wims from Wims and Associates, a counseling psychologist. Hello, Bonnie. It's nice to see you again. Hi, Sue. So today's topic is life is full of challenges. Why should I care about my mental health? So Bonnie, to start off with, how does poor mental health impact my everyday life? Um, so this is this is something that I... I always tell people that, you know, psychology is in everything. And if you think about it, um, we are all walking around every day, feeling emotions, thinking and reacting to thoughts and feelings and reacting to everybody else's thoughts and feelings. I always kind of picture us walking around with all those thought bubbles above our head. Um, so everything we do can come from how we're feeling about ourselves that day. And then as it relates to how we're feeling about ourselves, how we think other people feel about us. So if you ever notice how some days you wake up just feeling good and it seems like problems just aren't as bad, that could be the identical problem to the day before when you didn't feel so well. Um, and that day it felt insurmountable. And today it just doesn't seem that bad. Um, that's paying attention. I'm going to beat the drum of self-talk because that's our overall well-being. Um, we can have more days where we feel capable if we watch how we speak to ourselves and then how we judge ourselves and how we perceive others are perceiving us. So life doesn't always have to seem as overwhelming and the everyday stress and strain can be more manageable when we take care of our mental health. Yeah, that sounds so true. Um, so, but so society seems to tell us, just get over it with the stigma against mental health, mental well-being still prevalent in some environments. So how do we manage other people's attitudes toward mental health? Well, I think it is changing, um, although it's got a long way to go. And there are still definitely many situations, I'm sure, where people find themselves um, where they realize that mental health is mental health care is not a priority. Um, and the message is clear that mental health concerns are thought of as shameful or not even real. Um, I worked with somebody once who actually had a boss um, tell her that if she had had a broken leg and they saw a cast, that, that maybe they would have been a bit more sympathetic. So there's this idea that we can't see it, so it's not real. Um, there's no injury that people can uh, identify. But I do think it's shifting. Um, I think, believe it or not, some celebrities and athletes going public with their challenges have been really has been really helpful. Um, Naomi Osaka, the tennis player, um, I think was really critical in sticking to her guns about how she felt um, during press conferences and that it was overwhelming for her and her anxiety. And although I don't believe they really um, reacted as well as they could. I think it was important that she stood up for herself. I think that's a great example for people to see. So we do have a long way to go. Um, and once again, that's why that pesky self-talk is so critical because it's easy to join the negative chorus against ourselves when we're not feeling well. And when those around us are less supportive um, and even look to shame us for struggling. So finding supportive friends, making sure you stay alert for your own negative thinking and your own belief system, 
don't let your thoughts be hijacked by this negative and unsupportive language because that's only going to prolong um, your recovery period. If you're if you're judging yourself for feeling bad, you just pile bad on top of bad. I totally agree about that. That, that negative um, self talk is so prevalent, and it's so hard to get rid of. Do you? Um, do you have any ideas of how a person can do that or any suggestions? Well, yeah, I have lots of ideas. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's kind Good. of what I do. Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard work. Um, I, when I start working with somebody, the step, step one is to help them identify the negative language, because believe it or not, some of us aren't even aware of how um, negatively we talk to ourselves. And so the first step is, really getting people to notice what they say to themselves and how they say what they say, whether or not they're supportive, whether or not they're sympathetic or empathetic of their own um, process. So that's, that's the first step is to be aware. Once you're aware of what you say to yourself and you realize that you've got this negative talk sort of on a, you know, a loop all the time, then we have to work to change it, you know? So changing it can be as important as, you know, uh, going through the steps of figuring out where that negative uh, self-belief came from. Sometimes it, you know, it takes going back and looking at childhood and looking at people that uh, raised you or had a major part of impact on your life. And once you start to understand how you learned this negative self-talk, then I can help people replace it. You learned negative so you can learn positive. It's just that simple. So um, the real challenge is getting people to believe that, to really believe that their negative self-talk isn't true and that depression lies, as I've said. It's it's that self-talk that just sort of cements it into our, our heads and make people think that that's just the way they always will be, which is not true at all. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine a while back told me, you don't have to believe everything you think. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like really? Yeah. <laughs> In fact, be- don't believe a lot of what you think, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the benefits of taking care of our mental health? Well, probably too many to uh, list in this podcast, but there's, there's, it's pretty much everything is impacted by it. You're, you know, as I said, psychology is in everything, but there's lots of good research out there that now tells us that people who pay attention to their mental health have a better chance of learning how to develop coping strategies, even if they've gone through difficult trauma, um, that people have healthy, healthier learning opportunities, have greater employment outcomes recover better from actual physical illness. I was reading something last night. Um, people who are diagnosed with cancer, but have joined a support group, live longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we have healthier relationships when we take care of our mental health. And there's no health without good mental health. It's health is our physical, spiritual, and social well-being. So to put it simply, we just feel better when we feel... we. We just feel better when we feel better, and then we do better. Yeah, that's true. It's just getting to that point, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a challenge. I, I I'll never. I know it's not easy for people. I know that, but um, it's certainly worth the effort to uh, 
notice where you are in life and notice what your thoughts are about and reach out the best way that you know how that is feasible for you to try to change that thinking um, to give you, you know, the potential for living the fulfilled life that you deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned before that you have some resources that you'd like to share. We'll, we'll be adding those. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go through my, I got books on books, but you know, there's some books on self-compassion. There's some books on uh, healing trauma. There's books on resilience. Um, just so many good things out there, like I said, that are research evidence-based. That's the ones I'm drawn to that really talk about um, programs that have been studied and been proven to work. I'm very interested in hearing about those because like you said, there are so many self-help out there. It's hard to know what to choose from. Right, right. So, well, thank you, Bonnie, for joining us for this three-part series of Reflecting on Our Mental Health. We appreciate you and your expertise and for taking this time to share with us. Thank you so much. You're welcome.